0: What's up, Duke fans? Welcome to the Devil's Den podcast. I'm your host, Josh Smith, here with my co-host, Raul and Shu. Going to preview the Texas Tech game and the Sweet 16 coming up. So uh, Duke's got a road trip coming out, traveling to San Francisco. We got a 940 tip. Allegedly, it's, we're tipping after the Gonzaga-Arkansas game. Um, and I'm not sure if if this is true or not, but I, I think it is, that the higher seed always gets to play first in these environments. Um I think that's pretty consistent for a ACC while ACC tournament,
1: too. You know, same thing. We were the one yeah, seed. We okay. So they 12. get the
0: built-in rest you, a little bit. You get
1: rest, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, Vegas and Ken Palm both seem to think they got TT minus one, basically. So they're projecting a, a close game. I think Ken Palm had it at like 69, 68, Texas Tech. Yeah. Um, you know, that's okay. It's a, it's another big K moment for us as well. So, K sitting at 99 tournament wins. It's already the most of all time, but. Can I interject? Can I, yeah, uh, go for
1: Duke, it. Duke is never the underdog.
0: Yeah, there we go. There we go. Never the underdog. Shout out to Ben Pye for that, too. I know he was harping on that one. Um, so, we'll, we'll jump in. We'll talk a little bit about it. I do have kind of a little bit of a fun fact or trivia for you. So, it's not just kind of like a thought that we're, we don't do well out West. We've actually never won anything out West. Once we've left our pod on the East coast, when we go out there, it's been disastrous. Um, you know, we're dating back to like 16 in Oregon, 11, Arizona, it goes all the way. I looked all the way back to 1955. Haven't found us winning out there at all ever. Um, which kind of led me thinking a little bit, you know, not super related, but I, I want to send this out to you all. Do you know off the top of your head, when's the last time Duke's be- beaten a higher seed?
2: I believe 1994. Bingo. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was it. Um, I didn't know that at the time. I was looking through and I was like, surely we have. But... So
1: Josh doesn't listen to our podcast because I think Raul said that before. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Maybe he didn't yeah. say it
1: on this podcast. Maybe just Raul told me that. But I, I only knew it because he knew it. So shouts to Raul for normal. Yeah.
0: And that was ra- randomly time. in the southeast, the <laughs> right southeast region back then. Um, yeah, we beat Purdue, the number one seed. Um, uh,
2: and that we were the two, right? Yeah, correct. Um, and that would have been the final four, I guess, right? Or no, that would be the lead eight.
1: Yeah, yeah. the final Minnesota. four we played Florida and then played Arkansas. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So
0: that would be kind of interesting if it was a Duke, Arkansas, and the Elite Eight to bring that bring that back but little revenge that'd be nice you know and historically too, that stat it's interesting i think that we haven't beaten a higher seed that long it's also noteworthy to say we don't get that many opportunities to beat higher seeds when you're always kind of a top three four um there's not a whole lot of, of chances there and they don't count i don't think they count it as like a one seed beating a one seed if they were ranked like a little bit higher i don't think that that factors into it. Um, and I, cause I'm not sure in 15, if Wisconsin would have been considered a higher seed than us. Yeah, they were, um,
2: you know, they were higher on Ken Palm for sure. Uh, right. But then they were also, I believe like we were the second one seed, or no, the third one seed, and they were the second. So it's like yeah. Kentucky, Wisconsin, us.
0: Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause we were in the South. So that was Mm. a bracket that year, 15. Um, so yeah, Texas tech, they're sitting at 27 and nine. They're sixth on Ken Palm, which is pretty high for a three seed. If you're thinking of kind of the seed lines, usually you're, you know, hoping for somewhere in the 15 range. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Uh, first year head coach, Mark Adams, um, has been killing it. He does have a 70% overall winning record. And I think he's kind of just been around forever. as like an assistant and bouncing around. Um, Really impressive what he's done. They've got a really good resume. They have nine losses, but none of them are really bad. When you look at Gonzaga, Iowa State, Kansas State is, is probably the worst loss, sitting around 60th on Ken Palm. Kansas twice, Oklahoma, TCU, Oklahoma State. That's basically all tournament teams, or at least teams that were on the bubble. So, you know, they've, they've got good wins, too. Tennessee, Kansas, they swept Baylor this year. Um, their defense is pretty historic. When you look, I was going back and looking on Ken Palm, the only other team that has like a defense that's remotely as good as theirs is ironically 2019 version of Texas tech, which was under a different coach. So that's, that's a little kind of, you know, interesting tidbit. That team did make the, the championship game before losing to Virginia.
1: Um, um we beat that team too. I don't know if you remember that, Josh, I think you and I watched that together at the L house. Yep. Well, just to jump in on that,
2: uh, yes, it was a different coach, but Mark Adams was already on the staff at that point. um, And he had actually followed Chris Beard from Little Rock, where Chris Beard coached before Texas Tech. And Mark Adams was apparently the kind of architect of their defense on both those programs.
0: And I think Adams is a little older too, right? Like, Probably significantly older, mm-hmm. I would think, than than Chris Beard. Um, yeah, because he graduated um, in 1979. So. Younger guy. Yeah, there you go. And, and looking through their roster, they are really old. Uh, a lot of seniors, a lot of juniors, but it's also a lot of transfers. So Texas Tech has five transfers in their top eight guys that they play. That, that's a lot to me. I know nowadays in college basketball, it's kind of the norm. That's that's still a lot Is trying to figure it out. So they're really kind of in the same boat we are, just add four years to the age number. Um, Their best player, Bryson Williams, is a two-times transfer from Fresno State and then from UTEP, 6'8", 240 pounds, fifth-year senior. He's their highest usage guy, close to 30%, sitting around 29%. Um, averages 14 and four, none of their raw stats are really impressive. When you look at them, I think they have three guys in double figures. They have five guys that are somewhere around like nine points to like 14 points. They don't play super fast, but they also, they're not Virginia either. They're not like creeping, creeping. We only play a little bit faster than they do. So kind of different when you think of that, like number one defense, I always think it's just like super slow, not exactly the case. They're willing to get out and go. For me, I think there are three keys to the game. The first one is turnovers. So they turn it over 20% of the time. So 20% of their possessions has been a turnover. Now we know when they play Duke, they'll have five max probably. I'm sure that's the way it goes. Michigan State was turnover prone as well. The next one, and I, I want us to kind of talk about this, is front court play. And I think this is where the matchup gets really interesting. I'll go through a few kind of stats that I have here, and then I'll just toss it out to you. So they rebound 33% of their own misses. That's a lot. However, Duke does it at 32% right there with them. They shoot 55% on twos. That's their strength. Only 32% from three. And so Duke's pretty comparable. We're actually better. We shoot 56% on our twos and 37% on our threes. The other issue with the front court is the block rate. Um, They're around 12.5%. We're at 13.5%. And then the size piece, they're big. Um, that they're big together. They don't have a guy above six, eight, but seven of their eight rotation players are between six, five and six, eight, which is, I hate that we're playing them. Cause that's like my dream roster. That's like the old school K like, just let me get as many of the six, six to six, eight guys that I can and just roll them out. That's Texas switch definitely.
2: everything if they want to, you know? I mean, yep. I know Mark Adams likes to throw out multiple defenses apparently, he's willing to do a zone, a switching defense, a drop coverage all in the same game. So if something's not working, he's going to switch to the other one. But just having that interchangeable size, I think gives him that defensive flexibility. Yeah.
0: So it's going to be strength versus strength because front courts are strength. Um, Front court is kind of there, or at least like in the paint. However, I'm curious, and this is what I want to toss it out to you all. (laughs) Is there any concern about Mark being able to play in this game due to that ability for them to switch everything and having so many guys in that kind of wing territory. Any concern for you all that Mark might either get played off the court or just be limited by that? Or do you think it could actually be an advantage for him?
2: I mean, the the block rate does make me a little bit nervous. Um, I think this is going to have to be a game where, offensively at least, we might want to shoot more threes than we did the last game. Um, I just don't see Jeremy driving into the paint over and over and again, having success. And we're probably not going to be getting open dunks for Mark either. So we might, he might be minimized on offense more than defense. And so that's kind of the question. If he's not giving you enough on offense, like, is he going to, do enough defensively to offset that. And so far, you know, he has been, even when he hasn't had a big offensive game. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I could I could see him
1: actually being more of a liability on that end, if that makes sense. I mean, I don't <clears throat> I guess I'm I would be more worried if we were playing a, a a strong three-point shooting team that that they were playing him off that way. Um, matching us two for two, I mean, are we talking about, you know, we're the fourth ranked offense on Ken Palm, not being able to go toe to toe offensively with the 65th ranked or something offense. So matching them two for two. I don't, I don't worry about Mark getting played off in in that. I I just think we need to impose our will and Mark needs to play as much as he can. I'm glad you brought up the three point shooting. Um,
2: That's it's, I was just saying we should shoot a lot of threes. We should also allow them to shoot threes.
0: Yes. Uh, Just sag off, sag off. Um, We we should copy and paste what we just did against Michigan. Michigan State shot the lights out against us, and they almost burned us for doing it, but it was still the right play, right? Statistically, odds-wise, you just go. If if a team does that, then, you know, shake their hand and and you move on. Um, But I think the defense, like exactly how we were doing it, Mark sagging back, keeping a hand up, protecting the rim at all costs. Um, Make them hit tough shots to beat us. Make don't give them up, hit, yeah.
1: Don't give up layups. Like, if they're gonna beat us by hitting fadeaways from 15, 17 feet, f- so be it. You know, yeah. but no, no points in this almost the Jordan rules. Like, if he comes in the paint, put him down. Like, we're not yeah. letting him score in the paint.
0: And that's the reason why I think it could be the opposite of I've seen some questions about like, you know, who does Mark match? I think Mark could be the MVP of this game for that reason. If y'all got a bunch of six, 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 eight guys that want to go at the rim. We got a seven one guy that's the best in the country at meeting you there let's yep. play let's play over and over just keep and because mark can do that without really fouling i don't want to jinx him um but his ability to alter and protect without fouling is all we really need to make sure we do i think is is cover for him when he's protecting it we gotta we gotta close down we gotta box out because it's their guards and wings that rebound nobody on their team i think averages more than four and a half five rebounds a game but they have like five of those. Yeah. Right, so when so Mark crashing. goes up to
1: to block those shots, that that guy that he's coming up to 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 you know alter a shot of whoever's guarding him has to slide over and take Mark's man, box him out at least, right? Don't give up free putbacks too. We we right. done that a lot earlier. We're pretty awful at
0: it, really. Yeah. And so that that part is a little concerning. If we could just give them, you know, we play great defense and end up still giving up dunks, that would be. Not ideal. Um but on the
1: other hand, too, like we've talked about it earlier, you know, earlier in the season, mark post-ups isn't really what we wanted to see a lot. Last game, Mark post-ups against Michigan State were were, you know, pretty nice for us. He he made that step back dirt shot, um, hit a couple little, you know, turn where he backed somebody down, turned around over his shoulder and and knocked one down. So I mean, if it gets into a slug fest and you can't just keep shooting threes, you know, I know Roll said shoot more threes, which I agree with. We probably need to shoot a couple more, um, but it's got to be a steady balance too, right? It can't just be all threes from the perimeter, a bunch of perimeter shots and nothing in, in the paint.
2: Yeah, it was just more, it was more about somebody like Jeremy, who's at a significant size disadvantage in this game driving over and over. I just don't think that's going to work you know, Paolo trying to score inside, you know, that's probably okay. I mean, he's going to have two or three inches on them. My point was more about the strategy we use against Michigan State of spreading them out and driving. I don't think it's going to work as well.
0: Not driving to score, right? If we can spread out and if, if Jeremy can drive to kick or drive to create, I think that could really work. However, that's not really what he's does a whole lot, and like most recently, he's played really well because he's been in attack mode to score or to get something up. Um, you know, the other opportunity maybe there is if if that is what we're going to do. Hopefully, Paolo and Mark are kind of aware to be like, hey, you know, I'm just going to put it up off the rim, see if you can be there. Maybe that could work, and you know, that's not the, the best case scenario. But it's going to be tough. There's, it's going to be tough to get in the lane. However, I'm not sure they have played. team you know i just rattled off all the teams that they have played we're we're pretty physical ourselves um izzo talked about our backcourt you know if keels is engaged and playing well and not just hunting the shot but hunting the rim i think we could cause them some problems um and, and breaking that defense down making those dudes move and My last point, and I I think it kind of leads into that a little bit, is free throws. And this was a really interesting stat when I was looking at it. So Duke is second in the nation in defensive free throw rate, right? We don't don't give up a whole lot of free throws. Um, Texas Tech is 228th, right? So they do give up a lot. Here's where it gets interesting, though. So Duke is only 236th in offensive free throw rate. So we don't get to the line that often. Texas Tech is 46th. So it's this inverse flip thing that's that's kind of weird where they they give up a lot of free throws, but we don't take any. And then we don't give up a lot of free throws then they take a lot. So something's going to give somewhere. Um, and if you've been kind of paying attention to the officiating so far this year, who knows? You know, we could either be a- allowed to kill each other for 35 minutes and then we'll all shoot 26 free throws in the last four minutes <laughs> Or we're going to foul out several of these guys. Um, That'll be interesting to kind of keep a watch on on that free throw disparity. Uh, Curious on y'all's thoughts about that. Somebody's going to be mad no matter what happens, right?
1: So that's what I was wondering. You know, the intriguing part to me is how's, how's this game going to be called? It's in San Francisco. I'm assuming there's probably going to be a lot of Texas Tech people there more. We've got a good fan base all across the country. I'm sure there'll be plenty of Duke fans, um, but there'll be probably more Texas Tech fans. And on top of that, the Gonzaga um, and who are they playing? Arkansas fans will will also, uh, you know, band together to to root against us. So human nature tells me that the refs, you know, if it becomes a physical game, they're probably going to be calling more fouls on us. I, I You know, that just... Well, I think, I think it's, I think it's going to be a tighter whistle
2: overall. Um, Just because the last round, the whistle was so loose. I mean, it was just, you you saw the Michigan state game. There was times on both sides where players were just allowed to blatantly push off or grab, um, you know, and we got screwed by a few of those, but we also benefited from a couple. You remember that keels play where uh, he allowed the guy to just go straight down the lane after almost getting the steal. When they did the replay, there he grabbed, he, was, he grabbed yeah, he all over him. We yeah, were lucky yeah. that was not an and one. So, um, so I think it's a matter of just adjusting to what they're actually calling, right? Like we saw in that Michigan State game that they weren't going to call anything, and then Jeremy just started going right into their chests. Um, yeah. And
0: dude? Yeah,
2: <laughs> just go. He, he wasn't going for the foul. He was going to score, right? And if that meant pushing the guy out of the way, you push him out of the way.
1: So one thing I got upset about in the first round game, being there live against, you know, watching Jeremy, he was playing like dribbling into people like to try to go into a foul, right? You're not going to get those calls here. Like you've got to play strong. You got to play to to score the basketball, not just a, you know, it's almost like Chris Paul, you know, how he dribble in front of you, then stop. I think they quit doing that stuff now, at least calling that in the NBA, but this its kind of what Jeremy was doing in that first game. I think he got one of those, he got an offensive foul called on him um, trying to, trying to do that earlier. So don't do that. Just, just play strong, go to the basket, play hard.
0: Yeah. And we've seen that all year too, where we, we kind of look to get fouled, you know, Wendell is, is has kind of been a, a victim of that where like he, he's going, expecting the contact, he gets the contact, doesn't get the whistle. Um, you know, too. So- yeah, Paolo as well. So we really need to be strong with, with what we're doing. Keels is actually really good at going in to score. Like, that's what he's wanting to do. And you can hammer him, and he's fine with it. So, you know, he should be okay. Um, hopefully, I'd like, love to see another, another big game from him. And as always, AJ could break this thing wide open. You know, he could be the make or break. Because I haven't watched a ton of Texas Tech, but just looking at the stats and, like, how their distributions are, I'm assuming this is some kind of, like, Pack line. They're they're wanting us to shoot. I would imagine um, just the way they protect the rim, and they want to force you to shoot twos. Teams have shot a lot of threes. On like that's you know Kansas has had some success beating them, getting up there, scoring, scoring to match Notre, them. Notre
2: Dame. You know, I mean, they're not a very physical
0: team yeah, at they all. Hung. They stayed in
2: it with it with their offense. So
0: yeah, I, I hung in, and you're know, going to try to manage pace. These games though, with a week to prepare, like. If, if Kay can have a week, I would much rather him have a week designing an offensive strategy to beat a team than having to come up with a defensive strategy to try to stop a team. So for me, this is, like I think, right in his wheelhouse. And just all these games the last six, seven years against Virginia where they're just not letting anybody score. And we're, we're the team that always seems to be able to just kind of get what we want, get out and transition a little bit. That would be huge if we could get out and run get some easy points. Um, but you know, I think, you know, Shu, you mentioned it, it's going to be a little bit of a hostility out there. I like that. Right. Especially after we knew it all season, but then after the last presser that we got the road crew going out there, right? Like they feed off of that, um, have some people there, maybe who knows Jared McCain's out there and that he might stop by the Bay area, bring some people. Um, I, I think we'll have a decent showing, but I think you're right that the other three fan bases are probably going to be pretty anti anti-duke got there but that's you know wouldn't have it any it's, other way
1: that's the way it always is i believe like uh last night four auburn fans wore like tuxedos or or something because they said it was supposed to be Kay's funeral and then <laughs> they lost and went home instead so
0: <laughs> not just lost too just embarrassed just flat out <laughs> ran um well you know yeah so you know
1: san francisco
2: You know, with it being a big tech area with Palo Alto out there, and then, um, you know, Seattle's also a big tech area. um, I I think you will get a lot of Duke alumni. Um, So I don't think it'll be totally crazy. You know, there's certain areas of the country where you're just not going to get many Duke fans. But West Coast, Chicago, and the Northeast are kind of all friendly for us. So
0: yeah, I expect Gonzaga to have a ton of people out there that's gonna be there, you know, whatever. Um, but to me, I'm not even I don't even care about the Elite Eight at this point. Like I'm I'm kind of like in K mode, you know, every game's a championship. And so if we want to play for if we want to play, you know, Saturday, we gotta, gotta take care of business Thursday. Um but I think that's all I had for keys to the game. So I guess we'll go around and do a little bit of just kind of some predictions, what you think, kind of score predictions. I guess I can start it. Um, I think this is going to kind of be one of those like Duke, Virginia style games that we've seen over the years. I'm hesitant to, to go up in the seventies, but I think if, if we hit 70, that's kind of my magic mark of like, if we score 70, I would expect us to be able to win. So I'm going to go Duke 72 65. Um, I think Palo has a big game and I think we see, I think we see another strong performance from the guards. What about you, Shu? What you got?
1: Uh, I, I'm thinking it's going to be in the sixties. It's going to be just a slow, you know, half court slugfest essentially. Um, but, uh, I'm going to go with the heart here and, and say Duke, uh, 68, 64. All right. I'm going to be the contrarian. Somebody needs nice.
2: to do it. Yep. I've seen, uh, I've seen too much optimism on the boards and on Facebook and everywhere. I think everybody's just high off the MSU win, right? So, but going into Michigan state, I saw half the fan base predicting us to lose. So I think I need to bring us back down to earth. I'll say Duke struggles to score and it's 69 to 63 Texas tech. Um, however, if we do win, I, I, I did want to bring it back to keels for a second. If we do win, I could see it being a big keels game. Uh, for those reasons, I was a, uh, mentioning earlier about their size and their ability to keep teams out of the lane. Um, I think Roach might, may not be able to have the impact that Keels would, and Keels would put us closer to having that kind of six, six switchable lineup. I know he's only six, four, but, um, so my, my sort of secondary prediction is Keels has his best game in a while, but it's not enough. Mm. 20, 22 points from Keels still lose. Mm. Mm. that would be, be
1: tough. Yeah,
0: that would be and fair warning. I mean, was well, it I'm 22 on,
1: on 22 shots or, <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be L for sure. If, if, if that's it, then yeah, <laughs> he's capable of those uh, stat lines. So it's probably me up in August. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, in my bracket, I picked Michigan state to be, I always kind of had, like, I was just like, you know what, I'll put it in here. If we lose, maybe I'll get some money out of it. And if yep. we're not, then I would totally pay that to, see us win so from here on out i'm probably just picking duke to it because i'm not that i'm like content but saturday's game was just so huge like i can't remember just the last time a game felt like that i felt so good about winning it and maybe it was just because of the way we won it getting down five here we go again the last two weeks another k-moment game it just seemed to be inevitable most that like well you know here's the fitting end and and to rally back from that and the way that we did and just historic fact, like Norlander on the CBS pods talking about, you know, what was it was a 1.8 points per possession. If yeah. you lose the final two possessions, it's like 2.4 to 0. 0.5. Histo- Godlike mm-hmm. efficiency there. That real, in, in the clutch moment, which is we've been so anti-clutch, it feels like, I, I think that we just kind of turned a corner. Um, I don't know, just much more optimistic, now than I was. I think we were all pretty much off the, off the ship there for a little bit. So hopefully we can kind of get that back. I expect AJ to play. Um, I don't think that the it looked like he would have been able to come back in the Michigan State game if he needed to. However, I could see if AJ still starts, I think the five, the road crew is that what we're going to see a lot of road kills more Paolo and Mark. Um, I could see them taking the the brunt of the minutes there, but yeah, lately the
2: physicality and speed has just seemed a little too much for AJ just in the last couple of weeks. I think as competition is ramped up, you know, he's really not been able to make the same impact. He, you know, he, he shot okay the last two games, but he just seemed a l- really tentative out there.
0: And it's like, in, he had that one really strong, good drive against Michigan, maybe one or two. Um, but he doesn't go to it enough. He doesn't go to it a lot. And even when he does, it's like he finishes really well. I haven't seen – when's the last time he had, like, one of those big dunks? Pittsburgh or uh, maybe, like, right before that. But he had had a few, right? Like, there was, like, yeah. five games where he had three or four where he just comes through the lane and just haven't seen that. Um I'd like to see that. I'm not sure if, if we do, especially after an injury. Just the psychological impact that could have for him. Um, you know, hopefully he can bounce back. He seems pretty pretty level headed. But one thing
1: that that I'm glad Roll brought up earlier. You know, I think every guy needs to be ready. And um, just because, like you said, Roll, they're they're going to junk it up by they're going to throw multiple defenses at us. So you know, if we're going to mark heavy earlier and that's working, and they change it up. You know, hopefully AJ's ready to step up and shoot from three or kills or roach or whoever, whoever it is, you know, we just got to be ready for whatever they throw at us. Cause it's not going to be, we're not going to be able to run the same play 25 times over. Right.
2: Yeah. Quick yeah. adjustments. Um, yep. Like if we go to zone, Palo needs yeah. to be ready to go to
0: the middle. Yep. And I'm, th- I'm hoping that like, obviously that's been a real strength for, for Adams and Texas tech. I'm hoping that ends up biting them. Right. Like, I want this dude overthinking. I want him switching defenses so much that it almost gets them out of a rhythm and throws them off more than it does us. Um, we'll see if that happens or not. But,
1: well, yeah. Once you got to start switching them a couple times, you're thinking to yourself, like, good God, who are we playing? The, you know, the right. Golden State Warriors, like, when well, nothing's working. So, hopefully, if that's the case, then we're actually just doing what we should be doing and scoring yeah
0: it's going to be a dog fight um
2: you know i think go ahead roll i was just going to say k needs to call up uh bill self and ask him what he did because didn't they beat them twice and i think they scored nine it was a double yeah. overtime game and they scored 94 points on them so even in double overtime against texas tech that's a lot so he should at least be watching that tape
0: yeah and then they bit, they beat him again in the for the big 12 title or in the semifinal game mm-hmm. one, one of those, uh, they beat him again. They did beat Kansas once, but Kansas got them twice, you know, we'll, we'll see. It's it's going to be a rock fight. It's going to be a dog fight. I'm really glad that we just had that game against Michigan state. Like I think that is a great prep for this. And if Duke gets through this, we're not going to face two more physical team, not more physical than the two we just faced. Um, we'll face some physicality, but, that's a great prep for us uh with the week off too. So I'm not sure when we're flying out. I'm hoping probably either Tuesday or Wednesday with a Thursday night tip. Um, I guess it'll be Thursday evening out there. 940 here is like what was that 640 out there? Three and a half, three. So yeah, not too bad for them out there. But well, I guess if unless y'all have anything else, we can go ahead and get out of here. I'm good. No. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, road trip, pack your bags. Let's take care of business. Um, you know, in the meantime, go check out the boards, the devil's den.com, a lot of recruiting stuff going on over there. We're not quite there yet. We're still in kind of game mode. Um, but you can go check those out over there. You know, rate, review, subscribe, email us, the devil's den pod at gmail.com. Love to hear what you all got going on or what you got for the tournament. If you pick Duke in your bracket, you know, give us a shout out for that. We'll we'll talk about you on the pod, but in the meantime, you know, just uh, keep the verb high and the face strong. Let's go do.